All right, well, the Toronto Blue Jays aren't playing tonight. Can't lose. It'll be another day Vlad. He doesn't hit a home run for <laughs> Rogers. Seriously. He's hitting one. What, what, what is today? I got a feeling I'm going to say this. Hitting one. No, Saturday's hitting one. I got a feeling. Boys, mark this down. Mark down this date. Mark down this date. Saturday. I got a feeling that uh, the Vlady turnaround starts this weekend. Just got it. Got the feeling. Great analysis. You can get more of that in. <laughs> you got two more hours of that analysis ahead of you. Not really. Paul Yanish, former uh, Reds infielder, current baseball coach at Rice University, host of the Farm to the Show podcast, will join us to talk about the Reds. They've won 11 in a row, as we all predicted. Got rid of me. <sighs> all it took. That's it. They won 11 in a row, and they're at the point now where this is, I guess in some ways, every team would like this, but they're at the point now where they're saying, okay, what are we going to do with all this good young talent? <laughs> we're going to keep it, not we do got, anything. We got, to start, we got to start figuring out how we're going to get some of them in the lineup. Uh, they've swept three straight three-game series. They've won five consecutive series overall. The last time the Reds won 12 consecutive games was 1957. They got, Of course, they got... Uh, Joey, Joey Votto back, but um, yeah, the Reds are, uh, and the, they're in the right division. That's all I'll say. Kyle Peterson is ESPN's NCAA analyst, former major league pitcher, former roommate of Kevin Barker. I mean, yeah, you know anything about this show? Them. Hang around long enough, and we'll get a former Barker roommate on. I mean, <laughs> I God Almighty, there's oh, there's plenty, there's of thousands of them. There is. Which either makes me think that you were a real popular guy, or you had a hard time hanging on to roommates. I can't figure out. I moved around a lot. Yeah, I know he did. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding you. Ryan Spielborgs joins us at six o'clock. We'll talk to Ryan about this story, but I want, I want to get that right away. There's nothing to talk about the Jays today. Wander Franco of the Rays has been benched for the way he has handled frustration this season. I, he's basically, well, this is Kevin Cash. This is him talking before tonight's game against Royals. He's a really good kid, a really good person. He's a young player that is learning and dealing with the challenges of being a major league player and some of the frustrations that come with it. Over the course of the season, there's probably been multiple times that the way he's handled his frustrations have not been the way that we ask our players to uphold being the best teammate. We're going to continue to support Wander as he works through this. I'm personally going to help this organization. Will this staff, will we look forward to having him back? Sitting yeah. 287 with eight homers, 34 ribbies. He's stolen 24 bases. Hasn't hit a home run since May 9th. He's two for his last 20 with eight Ks. That sounds like a manager who is the only team with 50 more or more wins who's five games up in the American League East in first place. That's what that sounds like. The Blue Jays ain't doing that to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You're a kid. I got, this clubhouse thing, unless you walked up and punched the manager in the face, Well, I don't really get it. Well, let me, but let, me, okay, well, let me ask you this then. <clears throat> I kind of... I mean, we don't know what we don't know what. We don't. Maybe That's he went up and punched the manager Maybe in the face. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. My point is this, or a, though, or a teammate. My point is this. I would think that's what happens. There, there's two ways to look at this. Now, my first reaction was: Do you have to be so public with it? Right? My first reaction was the, the same thing with uh, uh, Tyler O'Neill and uh, yeah, Oliver yeah, yeah. Marmel. Yeah, Oliver Marmel, Carlos Marmel, whoever the manager is. Yeah. 
the same thing, do you have to be so public with it? And my initial reaction is you really don't have to be, but. Well, they're going to wonder why he's not playing today or to. Uh, or he's Friday. under the weather. But. Oh, yeah. But, they lie. But then. <laughs> yeah, of course you lie. <laughs> but then I think back to the criticism. One of the criticisms we had of Charlie Montoya when he was here, if you remember. He benched Teoscar Hernandez. And didn't tell anybody. Teoscar Hernandez knew he was benched. He told people, how come you're not in the lineup tonight? I'm benched. The manager wouldn't confirm it. It was like, and, and I, I, don't know how, I don't know how I come down on this. I, 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 I'm sure the, the players in the clubhouse knew that Teoscar was benched. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure they, they knew that. Absolutely. Does the public need to know? You know, like I, I was critical of Charlie at the time, thinking, well, what the hell good is a benching if you don't let the public know? But then I kind of look at this, and, and hey, and listen, you got to know your guy. Some guys, Wander Franco may be the type of dude who responds to this. This may yeah. be what he needs. And maybe we were the only show that knew that he was benched. Hey, Oscar, I was there. Yeah. there, there well, it could be. Yeah. That, that, stuff like that does tend to happen when I have you in a show with me. We do tend to find out stuff, and then three days later I go, yeah. But anyhow, that's beside the point. Um, so what do you make of this? Yeah, I don't know. I, I know what your feeling is about the whole teammate thing and it, that, 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 that. But it is. This is what I think. And I have no idea. You've been this, benched? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. No, I, I I was used to slumping. I, I knew how to handle it. I, I yeah, it's a it's a it's an art. People roll explain their eyes. That. And let, no, I'm not. Well, explain well, explain I, that. Look to at me. Vladdy. Vladdy never struggled in the minor leagues. You think he has any idea how to not hit a homer at home in a hundred and some at bats? No I, idea. That can't he have no, He has no idea. He never went through that in the minor leagues. That's why you have the minor leagues. Is because you want your best players your biggest prospects to struggle and figure out whatever that is with nobody watching to get over it. Whether that's hitting off, the, whatever that is, what, it's, it's to each his own. It's different for everybody. Like Chipper Jones came on here and said he needed 32 hours. Right. Hitting off a tee. Yeah. I, I need to go that. away, yeah. coach. Don't tell nobody. Let me I, go. I'm going to hit off the tee and I'll come back. Yeah. I'll see you in 32 hours. Yep. Like it's to each his own kind of thing. And I, I have, I have been in locker rooms where <clears throat> a, a position player struggling, a pitcher says something, pitcher got choked out in the shower. I have been part of that. Like, I, it wasn't me, but I was standing right beside the guy trying to put shampoo on my hair. <laughs> yeah, this happened. And the, man, the manager walks in and is just basically like, we get it. We understand. Fix it. Like, do whatever. I'm assuming that's what happened. Like, it was, it's probably carried over to somebody made a smart comment. He didn't like it. You either get the old, you know, the uppercut or they had words back and forth and somebody's got to pay for it. And if, if I'll do it to you, yeah. it's like the Rick Sweet thing when I didn't run a ball out in one of them Paul Tucky games at 10.05 and he's following me off the field when I made it halfway to first base on a ground ball to second at 10.37 in the morning with all the kids yelling and screaming. And he's walking off and he sits me for the rest of the game and he called me in the office and said, if they see me do it to you, they know I'll do it to them. I'm thinking here, and again, this gets back to their five games up in mm-hmm. first place. They got 52 wins. They got more wins than anybody in baseball. It's real easy to say this. And again, I do think there's something to that, right? If they see me do it to you, they know I'll do it to them. So, again, we have no idea. But I've been in enough locker rooms to know normally it's not 
the player against the manager. It's the player hearing or seeing something that a player did or said to another player. And you're trying to correct that or fix that, whatever that was. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But maybe it's just more of a two for 28 Ks, hasn't hit a homer since May 9th. Well, I mean, he's still the, the, the numbers aren't the numbers aren't horrible. They're not. The he's got team, 24 the stolen bases, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. You know, I'm thinking of that play this year where he caught the ball, flipped it in the air, and then fired to first base. I mean, we Seemed do pretty confident. We do know that he plays. He is certainly he does plays not. Like he signed lack, a deal. He, 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 he yes, he does. He plays does like Vlad he play like he signed a deal. And no, he. But does Bo play like he signed? I'm a wondering. Deal? I'm just wondering. A thing to that. I'm just wondering if. Um, yeah, I, the the whole public shaming in public thing is what I is what I wonder about. I I don't think they. I don't, re- I don't think he really. Kevin didn't really do that though. Kevin says. Obviously, it sounds to me like this has happened before, and nothing was done about it. It, it sounds like it was a combination. He said to Wander yes. Franco, "If you do it again, I'm going to have to do something. Like I've had enough of this. Like it, obviously, some some words yeah. with whoever, some punches with whoever, and he probably looked the other way, and this time he didn't, and he had to say, and you're right, out it loud, is, it is, you I know, I have this. It's uh, it, it's it's a good way to get your team's attention when you've got." 50 wins or ho- however many wins they have on June 22nd as well. Um, and, and, you know, look, it, it's – there is – like we're basically looking at a team that's going to go wire to wire here in the American League. Sure looks East, that way. Right? And I don't know if I'd say a complacency could set in, but because this doesn't seem to be a matter of complacency, this seems to be a matter of he said or did something as a result of being frustrated. Mm-hmm that Kevin Cash thought needed to be needed to be addressed. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, they're, again, they're going to lead wire to wire this year. It may not be, it may not be the last time that they have to, uh, you know, that they have to get this, this, this dude's attention. And well, it's sort it's sort of like you moving your best player from the two hole to the seven hole. You only hope when you do it once. And when you show up because you've seen a bunch of things that are happening in a clubhouse that can't happen too much longer, and it's basically sending a message that if I do it to him, mm-hmm. I'll, do it, I'll do it to you. Have better at bats. It worked. Yeah. Last year it worked. Yeah. My dude's been raking since. <laughs> As we mentioned, the Jays uh, have today off. They will start a three-game series against the Oakland Athletics tomorrow. At the Rogers Center. I was going to say, we're going to get Paulie on. Ask Paulie this question about the clubhouse thing. He was a great clubhouse guy. He'll have a good answer about I that. We'll certainly do that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'll do that right now. We're joined by Paul Janish, former Reds infielder, current baseball coach at Rice University. He's host of the Farm to the Show podcast, along with Chris Dickerson, a former uh, teammate of Kevin Barker's, as indeed is everybody in the baseball universe. Paul Janish joins us. I'm Blair and Barker. Paul, thanks so much for joining uh, Kevin and myself today. We we want to talk about the Reds in a minute, but we we're just going back and forth about this this Wander Franco story. Uh, Wander Franco being benched for two games by Kevin Cash, and Kevin Cash saying publicly that it's because they he or the 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 Rays didn't like the way uh, Wander Franco was quote handling frustration and and. 
you know, we're, I mean, we can draw any conclusion we want from that. He was very clear. He's a good kid. He's a young kid. He needs to learn some things. Uh, I, I'm just wondering, what does that say to you? Like, how, how would you or what would you read into that particular situation? Well, uh, guys, good to, good to be on again. Thanks for having me. The first thing I'd probably do is get him some one-on-one time with Bark. I think that probably helps solve a bunch of problems. But yep. um, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, I think you got to give Kevin Cash a lot of credit here. Okay, you got a one of the one of the most dynamic players in the major leagues right now, who's obviously on one of the best teams in the major leagues that has done a lot up to this point in his career. But at the end of the day, he's a young he's a young kid, like you mentioned, and there's a culture, I assume, over there in Tampa in that in that locker room, in that clubhouse. It's a really fine balance between, hey man, we're 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 young and fast, and we do a bunch of cool stuff on the baseball field, and we play free, and our guys, you know, we operate a little differently. But at the end of the day, there, there's got to be a threshold for, hey, look, hang on a second, like there, there's still a, a way that we go about our business here. So I'm pointing to Kevin Cash here and saying that giving giving him a lot of credit because the the, the team we we all, we all know they're talented. You guys got them in the division. Y'all see him a bunch. But but they're not operating the way that they're operating on accident. Okay, there's 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 an order in place, and I think I think at the end of the day, you got to give him a lot of credit. You got to give management a lot of credit for giving him the leeway to to do this because at the end of the day, Wander Franco is a huge piece of that team now and into the future. And I, I think it, I, I don't think it's as big a deal as what people are making. I think it's just a little bit of a learning curve that that happens with a lot of people. And 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 I think I think after the fact, hopefully down the road, Wander Franco is going to look to Kevin Cash and say. Hey, Skip, you were right. My, my bad, you know. So I, that, that's kind of what I see there. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's more to it. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's as big a deal. I just think we live in a world where everything gets blown out of proportion. And I think you got a young player learning how to play, play in the big leagues is, is what I think. Paulie, uh, for him to say it out loud, if you're a teammate of Wander Franco's, is that a big deal? Why, why, why not just – make something up and say he's sick, uh, he'll be out a couple of days, or, you know, he's got a, shore, a sore leg or a sore ankle or whatever. Big deal that, is, that he said it out loud and told everybody about it. Yeah, I mean, the word there is accountability, right, Mark? Like, I mean, it, it's, it's, it is we, – we can make something up and we can kick it under the rug, but at the, end of the, at the end of the day, does that really convey the same message? I mean, yeah, sure, some of the guys know, but, but you're still going to have – some uncertainty the it, it the, he's still going to have gotten out of jail free a little bit to, to a certain degree um so I, I still think i think it is relevant that he said it out loud and i think it it says a lot about kind of the who kevin cash is and probably the weight that he has in that locker room um in, in a good way because he feels comfortable enough to say that about your starting shortstop one of your best players you know a guy that you need to be on board you know like mm-hmm. at the end of the day and I, I think i think at the end of the day the, the, the words accountability paul let's talk about the reds a little bit um 11 in a row they haven't won 12 in a row since 1957 which i mean that encompasses big red machine that kind of encompasses a lot of lot of really right. really good baseball teams how did this happen <laughs> oh man, it's a it's a stupid game that we love, right? It's um, I, I think you got to give you got to give credit again to they've got a, a young group over there, okay? That has come up to the minor leagues. Bark, I don't know if you remember. I can't remember what year it was. One year we were in Triple A in Louisville. We won like eighteen or twenty yeah. down the stretch to to get into the playoffs. And I, my point in bringing that up is that these kids have been in the in the minor leagues. A lot of them playing together, the position players in particular. And they don't know any better, okay? Cincinnati had been good in a little while. They brought in some veteran guys. You had Will Myers, who just got designated by assignment, by the way. 
you got the catchers, Maley and, and Casale, who, who've been around a minute. Uh, obviously, got Votto just got activated. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, these guys don't really know any better. And they've played well in the minor leagues. They, they've been they've done a little bit of winning there. So they're 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 back. They're in the big leagues, just 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 fired up, just playing, just excited, having fun. You see the De La Cruz kid, who's obviously super talented. But the one thing I see on that team, whether it's India or the McLean kid, they got called up. You got a bunch of you got a bunch of dudes having fun. A lot of smiles, a lot of goofing off. You got. You got Joey Votto putting on the Viking helmet in the cave after hitting the home run, which I would have lost money on. Never would have thought you'd see that. But, like, I think at the end of the day, you got guys that don't know any better that are having fun, and you got a little bit of a snowball going. You got a hard nosed guy, David Bell, at, at the helm that is, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of variables there that, that have kind of come together in a good way. And, you know, at, at the end of the day on that team, they're still going to need a little more pitching. They're going to need more starting, starting pitching to maintain what they're doing. But, it's it, it they're rolling right now, man. And, and 11 in a row is a big deal. That That's not easy to do. I mean, we talked about the Rays to start the, to start the season, whatever they won 14 or 15 in a row, whatever it was. And I mean, this is, this is not that far off. You're talking about the Cincinnati Reds, you know, uh, De La Cruz, you mentioned him. What, what do you think he can become? I know it's oh, early. Man, I think, yeah, it's early. I mean, I, I, I have a tendency not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, I think ability-wise, he could be one of the best players in the game, right? Like he can, he's still got a bunch of swing and miss. I mean, but you put him in that park for a few seasons, the the offensive numbers could be kind of goofy if, if he really finds it. Um, there, there's going to be a learning curve. People that think that I, you know he's going to take off and, and and never have a little bit of a speed up, I think at least on the offensive side is is probably wishful thinking, but. He does have fun playing the game, and he can do things other people can't do. And he he, he dang sure can run. So the slumps are going to be a little less if he can if he can get a little better at putting the ball in play. Slumps are going to be less. But and I, from a position standpoint, I know he came up as a shortstop. I, I don't know. If, I know he's playing a little bit. They're moving him around a little bit. They got the the McLean kid who's also really really talented and playing really well. Um, I, I but in terms of answering your question, I, I think he could be one of the best players in the league. Like. It's it's Acuna type electricity, um, it, but whether or not he gets you know kind of puts it all together and becomes that kind of a consistency, it, it, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. You know, it, they almost remind me of the Baltimore Orioles last year in that yep. they've got the young star players. You know, they're getting good bullpen pitching out of Alexis uh, Alexis Diaz. You know, I'm just looking at this roster here. They've got. What they've got, Andrew Abbott, who what five consecutive starts of five innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's twenty four years old. Will Benson's twenty five. De La Cruz is twenty one. Alexis Diaz is twenty six. Hunter Green is hurt. Is twenty three. Matt McLean is twenty three. Tyler Stevenson's twenty six. I mean, they are very much to me like the Orioles, and I guess that that kind of begs the question. You know, we talked about the Orioles at the trade deadline this year. They've got a lot of young players. They're almost at the point now where they're. Young guys are kind of getting backlogged. Do you th- are are the Reds in that in that position yet, Paul? Where they might be able to move one of their prospects in order to to get themselves something that will help them in the short term, or do you think because of you know the way the Reds ownership talked this the, this off season, do you think that maybe the Reds are kind of they're still a year away from being in that position? I think it's a great question. I think you got you know Nick Crawl over there, the GM, and since he is, he's got some tough decisions to make because if we're being honest here, they probably didn't anticipate being this this far this quick, right? Now you're in first place in the Central. Now what, right? Mm-hmm. We're coming up on, on we're coming up on July one, and you're you got a two or three game lead, and you won eleven in a row. You're going to have trouble rationalizing, maybe not making a move if, if you ask me. Um, 
And and who knows what the future holds? I know that we got these guys that are playing good initially, but but they, they don't know that they're going to be in first place next July first. You know if that makes sense. So right. for me, I think they're they're going to be put in a situation where they're probably going to have to make a move. They're just going to have to evaluate, and those guys in their player development and, and and their system know those guys better than you and I do. But they're going to have to evaluate who's untouchable, so to speak, and and who's who they're okay with letting go somewhere else and being good because it's because that's likely what's going to happen when you get that many young players an opportunity somewhere else is probably going to, you're going to have to look back and understand you're taking a risk of letting somebody go be good somewhere else. Um, I.e. like a Randy Rosarino type deal. Right. So I, hopefully they're not letting that guy go, but I think that they're in a position they, they need to try to try to make a little bit of a, a move in particular in the starting pitching department. They've been hurt. Got hurt. You mentioned Hunter Green. That's that to me is where they're if they could help down the stretch they're going to need that because they don't have that much experience in that in that in that facet of the game. What's Joey's role in all this? Man, no, oh, geez, that's a good question. Um, I will say again, it looks like being put into that team that I assume that locker room is electric and has been for the last six weeks, right? Yep. Um, Joey's a reserved guy. He's obviously become a little less so of late if you pay any attention to social media whatsoever. <laughs> um, I, I, I think that he's he's it's, he's primed to kind of fall in line a little bit with regards to, hey, we've got a bunch of young guys having fun playing the game. I, I've, seen some, I've seen some of the comments he've met, he's made after the first couple of games and whether or not he said this directly, but he dang sure has alluded to the fact that it's a fun locker room. It's a fun team, right? And that's not something that doesn't sound like he, it sounds to me like he's implying that hasn't been the case of late. So what the role is, I think he needs to stay healthy. I think he needs to, you know, is he going to play every single day, DH, do the stuff? There's probably a combination of that, but I think he needs to, you know, do what he can to stay healthy and, and, and share some of the knowledge that, that he's got with some of these young guys. All that being said, I think he's got as much to take from, from the Jonathan Indias of the world as, they, as he has to give them, albeit different information, right? Joey's got, got experience. India's got passion and excitement and he's got his hair on fire playing good, you know, that kind of deal. So I, I think it's perfect for Joey to kind of, kind of fit in, fall in line and, and, and try to enjoy having some fun playing baseball in Cincinnati for the first time in a minute, you know? Yeah, Paulie, I know you're you're Joey's friend, so don't don't answer this question as his friend. I want you to answer it as you're from afar watching him as a player. Uh, uh, what kind of player should I look at Joey as right now? Like, what? what seriously, what does he bring? What, what does he do well at this age being this Joey Votto? Well, I'm friends with you too, Bark, and I mean, I'd, I'd be honest with you if you ask That's me a true. question. That's so. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think for him right now, I, I think he's, you know, he, he obviously had the health issue knowing Joey the way that I do. He wasn't going to come back before he was hundred percent healthy. So I assume that he's hundred percent healthy. Um, I, I think that it's, it's just an understanding. I mean, he can, he can still hit the ball out of the yard, man. He can still go up there and give you a really good at bat. Um, is the body going to recover and be as fresh as it's going to be after playing for, you know, three, four or five weeks in a row? Probably not. Right. That, that, that's just the way that that works. Unfortunately, we get old and it's, things stop working the way they used to. That being said, there's no doubt in my mind he can still be a productive offensive player. I mean, I, it's he's got too much experience. He, he's left-handed in an offensive ballpark. I, you know, all of those things are, are real things. I, 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 it's in particular now that you can utilize him as a DH to kind of save some bullets, if that makes sense. So uh, absolutely. I, I, still think, I still think he can be very good for what that team needs. Um, do I think he's, you know, going to be – 
you know, the second half MVP of the, of the national league, probably not, but like, you can still be a really good offensive player on a team that doesn't have that much experience. And you and I both know, I know I've heard, I listen to you guys a bunch. And I heard you guys talk about, you know, the, the, the ability to hit in the middle of a lineup mm-hmm. as a young player, regardless of a bit of talent, like it's not just about talent in those, in those situations. Like, there's a, there's a huge element of, of experience and expectation that goes along with that. So that's one thing Joey's not going to lose. He's going to have that. He's going to have faced a bunch of the guys in the league that some of those young guys maybe don't have as many at-bats against. So I don't know if that totally makes sense, but I, I, I definitely think there's a role for him to play. I think he's going to have to personally figure out kind of how he fits, like we talked about in that locker room, in that clubhouse, because that's a big deal. And, and I think we can. it's safe to assume Joey's a – probably a hall of fame player. We can agree with that. But like at this point, he, he's playing a different role on this team and I, we're going to, it'll be fun to watch how they kind of, kind of coincide. Paul, last question before we let you run, you mentioned a player that uh, kind of intrigued me through this, this, this stretch for the reds, a, a guy that is only 26 years old. I kind of wondered how he was going to react to having all these young infielders come up around him that's Jonathan India. And my first reaction was, okay, if I'm the Reds now and I've got these young guys, this is a guy who's got three years, I think, of team control left. Um, Pick a team. He'd look good on just about any major league team. Yet I'm seeing a guy from a distance who appears, instead of worrying about this, he seems to have embraced this and and has raised his game to kind of help these young guys. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I I don't know Jonathan personally, but I will say, you know, they're, he, he's given interviews after games talking about this is America's team. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're joking, but they're, they, they, there's a lot of belief there that from what I can tell from the outside looking in, I think you got to assume he's got a lot of emotional leadership qualities that are, that are inside that locker room. And I, I would argue too, like the, the addition of some of these young guys, whether it's intentional or not, has, has kind of motivated him, you know, to, to, to kind of get, get it going because he's, they were hoping that he was going to become this kind of a guy and he kind of is. And I, I think there's, I, th- I think part of that is getting pushed. You know, we, we can all attest to the fact that when you, when you start looking around, you're like, Hey man, he's, that guy's pretty good. He plays the infield. He plays on the dirt. That guy's going to be a good player. Like it's a, it's a results driven business. And I think, I, th- I think that he's felt that a little bit in a good way, a natural competitor. And I don't know, I, I don't see him going anywhere to mm-hmm. me. It looks like he's kind of the, a little bit of the glue in that locker room, but maybe I'm wrong. And, you know, if, if they feel, comfortable enough to let some of those young guys take the take the reins maybe, maybe he because you're right he's a piece that a lot of teams would would really really value there's no doubt about that paul really good of you to join us today paul, man thanks that, so much buddy. that's great stuff hey man good to good to hear you guys good to be on i appreciate it i look forward to doing it again at some point awesome absolutely be well paul see you later see ya bye Paul Yanish is a former Reds infielder, current uh, coach at Rice University with Jose Cruz Jr. He's host of the Farm to the Show podcast along with Chris Dickerson. Yep. It's, a, it's a great podcast. It is. Uh, give him a listen. It's uh, He works learn, hard on it, too. And you learn, the, about, you learn a lot about the ins and outs of baseball you do, you and know, the ins and outs of baseball life. Paul, Paulie falls to be sort of, you know, he, a lot of the times with the Reds, he was, he was the starting shortstop. You know, but he also fought to be the 25th guy. He knows both sides of that, right? He knows what to, what it takes to be, you know, good at sort of everything. You can't be great at one thing. You got to be good at a bunch of things. If you're fighting to be on a big league team, Paulie's been there and done it before. So if you want to hear the ins and outs of that sort of stuff, tune into that podcast. It'd be pretty good. So yeah, it's you know he's got a he's got a lot to offer and. and 
it was it's intriguing to listen to him talk about the clubhouse and what Joey's going to bring and yeah, and you know what what he can bring at his age coming off an injury and what the unknowns were of Joey you listen to Joey talk if he was even going to come back right there's some unknowns there at your age and you, you know you deal with shoulder things just sometimes may not may not heal the way you want yeah, it to like you I may said, not come back like I said I'm sure Joey Votto thought at some point this year he might be playing in a pennant race I'm just not entirely certain Absolutely. that he thought it was going to be with the Reds a couple yeah. of things about the Reds 25 come from behind wins tied with the Angels and Orioles for the Major League lead. Now, I know, they yes, they play in the National League Central, but 25 come from behind wins, 12 wins in your final at bat. Yeah. Um, Noel V. Marte, too, they got that third baseman coming up who can play a little shortstop, yep. too, who can hit serious And Alexis, Alexis Diaz has so, been lights out as a closer. De, 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 absolutely. So you got the ninth inning taken care of. De La Cruz has just brought all the energy. Paulie was talking about that, right? Yeah. The the things he can do with athleticism is just off the charts. So Matt they, McLean's they getting got some energy, all-star Jeff. love, too. That's so. sort of what you need, right? You need energy. You just yeah. need a guy running all over the place who's really good. Also, they got a reminder tonight that uh, all-star finalist will be uh, revealed at 6 o'clock. So uh, just based on what I'm seeing, I think there's a pretty good chance that Vladdy, Bo, uh, Matt Chapman, and maybe Brandon Belt are all-star uh, finalists. Brandon Belt was second to Shohei Otani in, uh, in voting for DH. Finalists, just, you know, it's top two finishers at each position and the top six outfielders move on to the next round of voting. So. Look at me like that. I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I'm saying that Brandon Belt was second amongst DHs, about 1.5 million. Did I say anything? Uh, anybody gave me that look like... Are you reading that right? Oh, he's your cleanup hitter, man. It's not my cleanup hitter. He's not hitting cleanup on his team. You, when he played last, he's in third. I do believe you called him the answer the other day. Uh... What? Ryan Spielborgs joins us as well. 416-413-3959. You know that number. It is the back leg line. We'll go to it later on in the show as well. We got some stuff to give away. Kyle Peterson will join us next. The hell, are we just going to have everybody that knows you on? Well, he's uh, ESPN's, College World Series. Well. He's ESPN's NCAA baseball analyst. He, uh, Carl Ravich, and Eduardo Perez will be part of the broadcast tonight. Wake Forest against LSU. The winner goes on to meet Florida in the College World Series, lots of top prospects. The number one games. pick is pitching in that game. Number one, number two. And could be number, number three. three top <laughs> yeah. prospects in baseball. Yeah. How about that? Top two, Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens from LSU, Wyatt Langford from Florida. Pretty so, cool stuff. Lots to talk about with Kyle Peterson. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan and Sportsnet. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Spielborgs will join us at 6 o'clock. 
never been my roommate. The former MLB outfielder, host of Loud Outs on the MLB Network. He has never been your roommate. Was he a teammate of yours? Uh, uh-uh. I played against him. Never. And I know him because of the what we do here. But huh? I talked to him on the field and about yeah. baseball and you know. Yeah. How do you get better at life? Yeah, that's what you do. Okay. Uh, the College World Series uh, goes this weekend. And, um, well, this particular College World I mean, every year you've got the best college. It's the College World Series. So you're going to have the best players, and a ton of these guys are going to end up being drafted. But this year it's kind of, kind of interesting in particular because um, you've got – Thank you. You've got Wake Forest taking on LSU tonight. And then the winner goes on to meet Florida in the College World Series. And um, currently, the three top-ranked prospects on MLB.com's draft list, Dylan Cruz of LSU, Paul Skeens of LSU, White Langford of Florida, they are still in the tournament in point of fact seven of the top 10 ranked prospects going into the draft are in college. Dylan Cruz, I mean, a consensus. Well, I wouldn't say consensus number one necessarily. Paul Skeen's getting a lot of love. Yeah, Paul throws 100. Uh, he throws 100 frequently. <laughs> Wyatt Langford of Florida, we've mentioned him. Some of the others, uh, Jacob Wilson from Grand Canyon, Chase DeLander from Tennessee, Rhett Lauder from Wake Forest, spit it out, Jeff, and Kyle Teal from Virginia. Kyle Peterson is NCAA baseball analyst with ESPN, former major league pitcher, and yes, yeah. a former teammate absolutely, and roommate of Kevin Barker. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Bark. Hey, how you doing? Hey, when's the last time I talked to you in person? You know what? You know when I thought it was because I I was obviously trying to get my producer to get you on because of what time of the year it is and what I know you do. And I was trying to think to myself when the last time I've actually been standing beside you in person. Do you remember when that is? It was a long time ago. Do you remember? Do you no, know, or is this I, like a loaded question? It's a loaded question because I, I was trying. I I think it was one of those. Uh, I want to say it was spring training. Uh. That was probably one well, of the times. You time- were still playing. I was, yeah. But I was. Absolutely. So I think it was one of those times where you were there for some reason. I was still trying to hang on because, you know, that's what you did. That's what you did when they were still giving you a paycheck and you were yeah. trying to take it. So yeah. I, was just, I was just wondering if you'd ever thought about that. And it's just thought it's, it's, it's amazing how time flies, right? It really it is. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's an interesting life, right? I mean, you, this time of year is actually kind of fun here. I mean, I've had every single year, and it'll stop now that we're getting older, but um, for probably the last three or four, there's usually three or four guys that I either play with or played against that are in town because their kids are playing. There's like 400 Euclid teams that come in and play in two different tournaments, and they come from all over the country. And, and so I get, I mean, I'll get hit by guys that I haven't seen in 10, 15 years. Yesterday was one of them. It was an old teammate. Um, and it makes it fun, man. It's a blast. How would you uh, how would you rank or how would you how would you talk about this this year's the the, the final three this year in particular because you know if you uh, it, it just seemed 
it just seemed, didn't it, that LSU and 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 Wake Forest were going to need they were going to need another game, weren't they? It just this this kind of seems if these path this these pathways were converging all along here. Well, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad it happened. I, I mean, I thought LSU was actually a significant underdog last night just because Wake is so loaded on the mound. And LSU isn't. Um, they have been in this tournament. I mean, they've, they've actually, the ERA has been the best of any team here. But over the course of the season, outside of schemes, who we'll see tonight, um, they've just been okay. And last night they were a lot better than okay. And Wake has not been great offensively here, but they were during the year. Tonight, honestly, is um, I was talking to a guy that has seen this tournament longer than I have. This may be the best pitching matchup that we've ever had in the history of this tournament. I mean, you got Paul Skeens, who should go first. I don't know if he will or not, but from a talent standpoint, he's the best college pitcher I've ever seen in my life. And Rhett Lauder is probably going to go top 15 overall, um, and it'll be packed. So, yeah, tonight should be kind of fun. Why is Skeens the best pitcher you've ever seen at that level? Uh, Bark, a few days ago, he threw 46 pitches, 100 or greater. Wow. His average fastball that day was 100. Um, he was up to 102. The slider is real. They reshaped it. He was at Air Force for two years. And kind of the, the military rule at Air Force is if you stay three, then you have four years of service that follows when you get done and, and get a chance to be first overall. So he left after two years. In fact, Air Force's coaching staff is going to be here. Tonight. I mean, they, they were one of the groups that said, hey, you may want to look at going somewhere else. We love the fact that you were here and the service, but at, at the end of the day, you got a chance to be one of the best. Um, and he's gotten better at LSU. His average fastball velocity is up five miles an hour this year over what it was last year. Crazily, his best pitch his last time out was changeup. Um, he's a he's a unicorn man. He's I saw Strasburg. I saw Pryor. Um, I mean, I this is my twenty first year doing this, so I've I've seen a lot of guys in the college game firsthand, but I've never seen one like this. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, the old saying is in the minor leagues, you only got so many bullets, right? You were a pitcher. You understand this, right? You can only throw 100 yeah. so many times. You're the Pirates. And just say the Pirates who are going to make these calls are listening to this show and listen to you say exactly what you just said about Paul Skeens. Why, why wouldn't that scare me, right? You, you only got so many left. Why wouldn't I take somebody else over him? Yeah, and I just want to jump in because there is kind of a cottage industry, isn't there, Kyle, about worrying about how many pitches college pitchers throw. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to mention any names, but we all go on social media and we all get the red flags from guys. Can't believe that they've asked this guy to throw this many pitches. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I had a conversation this week with Jared Diamond from Wall Street Journal, and he was writing an article about I had – a week and a half ago, Quinn Matthews threw 156 for Stanford against Texas. And it was pitch count. How do you, you know, should guys throw this much? And I said, you know what? I haven't done this, but I'd like to. Do me a favor and go back to when Bob Gibson threw 21 complete games, whatever the hell it was. And tell me how many pitchers were on the DL that year from a day's standpoint, and then tell me now. Because if pitch count is the issue, then why do more guys get hurt now than they've ever got hurt before? Mm. Well, the issue is guys are doing things from a just like exertion on your body standpoint different than they ever had. They didn't throw 102. Then. I mean, Ben Joyce threw 105 at the major leagues. Yeah. 
your body's not really built to, to do that. And so ultimately it's going to break. And so to, to your first question about the, the Pirates, I think you have to assume every pitcher is going to get hurt. Yeah. Like just assume mm-hmm. that every pitcher at some point is going to have Tommy John. It's not the reality, but assume it. And if you do, then what is the value over the course of the six years that you're going to control it? As opposed to a Dylan Cruz or a Wyatt Langford, who both are, I mean, they can both be 1-1. And I don't, I don't know the analytics of that. Like, I don't know how it grades out, what you think it would be. But I would tell you this, and we said it on the air last night, it's a really good year to pick third in the draft. Because if you get any one of those three guys, you win. Is there a significant drop-off between three and four in this draft? Great question. Uh, I mean, that's where high school comes in. The, the, you know, the draft has changed, and it used to be this way, but it's more so now because of the, the slot pool and I mean, everybody's a lot at X, whatever it is. And it, it starts at one and goes down from there. And and so it becomes a little bit of a shelf game to where, you know, if I can get, if I'm the Pirates, okay, and I look at Skeens and Cruz and Langford and say, I'm good with any of them. You go to all of them and say, okay, slot for the number one pick is whatever it is, it's $9 million or something like that. But slot for the third pick is seven five or whatever it is. Will you take eight? Because if I can save a million bucks with the first pick, I can spend it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point of, is there a drop at four? That's probably where you're going to see some high school guys come in, or you're going to see some teams that are going to make some. They're going to make moves based on we want to wait because we think we can take a high school kid or take a flyer on a college kid a little bit later and give them more money that we can then sign them as opposed to if we're going to give them slot value. So the draft has changed pretty significantly because if everybody just went based on slot, like if you get dra- like the NBA, like the NFL, um, you get drafted here, you get this much money. To- Baseball's different. Like, you have a pool, and you can spend that however you want. You want to give it all to your first pick? Fine. You can do that, but then you get penalized for all the other guys that you pay after. So, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Um, it's not the easiest route to, to manage yet. I don't think if you're a GM, but it does make it interesting. Peter, you say you've been doing this for 21 years. How's it changed? What's the biggest change from, I don't want to say 21 years ago because we were old and, you know, they did things just totally opposite than they do now. Say yeah. from 10 years ago. 10 years ago to now, how's it changed? What's the biggest change? Mark, there's probably five or six guys in the College World Series that are going to throw 100. Yeah. And I don't remember it being that way. And so it's, and the college game has migrated to be more like the major league games where it's, it's built on power, it's built on strikeouts, and it's built on the home run. Uh, and it's built that way because guys can do it. I mean, the, the technology and the bats and the balls allow you to, to hit more home runs. I mean, we've hit, on average this year in college baseball, more home runs than they've ever hit before. That includes 25, 30 years ago when the national championship game was 21-14. Thankfully, we haven't seen that yet. We've had, that's the best part about the series this year is we've got, like, supreme talent, the best we've ever had. But yet, nobody scored in double digits. I mean, it's still it's still a baseball game, and they've kept it that way. But I think that, for me, the biggest change is philosophy. Um, I mean, we were doing the SEC tournament a few weeks ago. Texas A&M brought a kid in that hit 101. And we just kind of kept talking like it was a normal game. But about two pitches later, I looked at Chris Burke. I'm like, he just hit 101. <laughs> and we didn't, like, jump out of our chair. Yeah. Um, it's still a massive number, but you, you just you see it more often than we used to. And um, 
I honestly, I don't, I'm not sure how guys hit. Like, I would not want to be a hitter right now because the, the velo is off the charts. Yeah. Kyle, listen, it was really good of you to join us today. Yeah. Thanks so much. I know it's a hectic time for you, and it's a great time for you as well. We great really appreciate your, voice, your insight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all good, guys. Mark, good to hear from afar, man. Yeah, Thanks, you man. too, man. Take care. Have fun. See you Kyle Peterson will uh, have the call of the game tonight along with Carl Ravitch and Eduardo Perez uh, on ESPN, the uh, College World Series, Wake Forest and LSU. Paul Skeens, 6'6", 247 yeah. pounds. Kevin. Yeah. I Just 100-mile-an-hour pitches in baseball this year so far. Jordan Hicks of the Cardinals is throwing 278. Joanne Duran of the Twins is throwing 189. Araldus Chapman of the Royals is throwing 128. Paul Skeens is second. He's throwing 246 mm-hmm. pitches, 100 miles an hour plus, including 26 in his last game. Okay, if you're the Pirates and you give him $9 million, why wouldn't you just take him from college to the big leagues? Oh, he, that, he's, he's coming from LSU. I, LSU's I, a big-time college. Well, here's the thing. Not only Skip him. the minor leagues. Well, not only him, but Rhett Lauder, one of the things that – uh, the the other top-ranked college pitcher, one of the things we know about Rhett Lauder, he goes to Wake Forest. What does Wake have? Wake has that pitching lab. Absolutely. That is, I mean, Wake spends more money in their pitching lab than the Jays spend in their pitching uh, yeah, lab. Yeah, it, it's, it's a deal. Yeah. So, uh, listen, I'm, I'm with you. Look, you're the Pirates. Yeah. The hell, you draft this guy, you sign this guy. What could he learn in the minor leagues? Yeah. Throwing hard in the minors? I, I mean, mean, is his slider going to be I, any better in the minors? I, I do agree with what Kyle said. I, I hate to say it, but you, you may... You go into this draft, you almost assume that at some point the kid is going to need uh, is going to need Tommy okay. John surgery. That's why I'm a big fan of doing what the Jays are doing. You know what? I'll develop my position players internally. I'll go out and use free agent money to sign guys like Chris Bassett. I'll sign guys who've already had their Tommy John surgery. Let some other organization pay for the Tommy John. I'd rather sign a guy as a free agent at the age of 29 and 30, knowing that he's probably beyond that. That's just Unless me, he throws 102 miles an hour to college well, level, can throw strikes. And that's a big thing. He throws a lot of strikes. Yeah, if you're the Pirates, you, you, you kind of Draft him and send him to the big leagues. Uh, it's time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Mr. Mark Boffo. All right, guys. So we got Royals and Rays on the network today on Sportsnet. You guys were talking about Wander Franco earlier in the, in the show, but let's look at the runs over under on Bet Rivers. Seven and a half is the total. We got Jose Quas as the opener for the Royals versus Shane McClanahan for Tampa Bay. How do you see this one playing out? Over or under seven and a half runs? Yeah, I'm going to under. This has nothing to do with KC. KC stinks. This has everything to do with the Rays. McClanahan's in seven starts at home has only given up eight earned runs. That's in 44 innings. He's not going to give up any runs. But the Rays offensively in June are 12th yeah. in baseball and runs scored and 22nd in home runs with 16. Means they ain't scoring a bunch of runs. They ain't hitting a bunch of homers. They're going to win. But it's going to be say like six to it's going to be like five to one or six to one. They ain't scoring eight runs. Yeah, I, I so I'm as, going under as much as I'd like to say something pithy and and you know and, and be funny here about it. I mean, I've I've got to agree with Barker. The Rays win, but it, they're not going to boat race. Yeah, honestly. I don't think they're so just not boat racing anybody right now. No, yeah, and uh, I mean, which is fine. They're still winning, but yeah, I'm with Barker. I, I would I would take the under in that, uh, and I'm also with Barker. I'm thinking 
six one five one. Yeah, yeah, not, not eight runs. But uh, yeah, you know McClanahan's not going to give up a lot of runs, and might give up Parker a solo said, homer, but that's about it. With Wander Franco out of the lineup and and Tampa Bay scuffling even with him in the lineup, I just think Tampa they score Bay, a bunch of runs via the homer, and they're not hitting a yeah, ton of them. Yeah, Tampa in Bay's in the point now where they're just, they're just trying to win. They're just trying to win series, and they'll win them whichever way. Absolutely, they can. I think the under is a pretty safe. Pretty safe bet here. That was uh, between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. That was a lot of fun talking to Kyle great. Peterson. It was. He went to Stanford, right? He did. Yeah. Yeah. He's a smart dude. He's a, he's a he's a very good talker. He's very in tune with what's going on at the college level. And not being surprised at 101 is odd. Like it's if we had more time there, you could dig into if he came back, how hard would it be to throw harder? It's a very smart guy. When you were in college, yeah, were yeah. you were you aware of dudes throwing that high? I absolutely. Every time I walked by a hitting coach, it was the same question I would always ask. How hard he throw? What's he throw at two strikes? That's all I wanted to know. I didn't want to know anything else. Those are the two answers I wanted him to give me. When I walked by him to walk to the on deck circle, absolutely. It was very odd to see a dude throw 96, 97. It was very odd. And he would either say, You better get it going. That would normally be his answer. And when he said that, it was those guys that were above 95. Right. It was rare they said that. I mean, it just really was. So that's, it's amazing how the game has changed and, and how much money they give first-rounders now. Mm-hmm. You mentioned what Kyle said, that the, that the third pick might get like seven and a half and the fourth pick might get eight instead of nine coming out of high school. I mean, that's yeah. – that's, that's why the number one pick, if he can throw a hundo and throw a secondary pitch for a strike and be unpredictable with two strikes and be able to elevate a hundo, send him to the big leagues. Ryan Spielborgs is a former MLB outfielder. He's host of Loud Outs on the MLB radio network. We're going to take a look around Major League Baseball, talk about the race, talk about that blocking the uh, plate call the other night. It's Blair and Barker on 590-316, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Every day, the Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Byron Buxton of my Minnesota Twins today, Parker, the first player in the Statcast era, which is since 2015. To hit two homers over yeah. 460 feet in a single game. Well, he should be. He's 25 years old, playing DHing against the Red Sox. Mini, uh, Mini beat the Red Sox six nothing today. Hmm. Uh, shout out, by the way, Bo Naylor. Big impact. Hmm. The uh, Guardians today, six one winners over Oakland. Got his first hit yesterday. Um, poor little Oakland. Poor little Oakland. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw this as well, but uh, the MLB Combine yeah. yesterday. Yeah, Miles Naylor, friend yeah. of the show. Yeah, had the uh, I believe the third or fourth longest home run huh. hit at the you Combine. You think it matters? Four hundred eleven. Think it mattered? Good for him. Is it? Order, I don't think I w- it's bad to show some power. It's not. But I think again. I just think the way scouting is now, guys know. It's like anything Before else. So much, well, and so much depends on who goes where, right? There's all like part of the deal with the draft is you try to predict every draft. You try yeah. to predict what other teams are going to do, and all it takes is one team to go off the boards, and then all of a sudden you've got to. You know, I mean, they can tell by them. video, launch angle, bat speed, so. and oh, I know so. I ain't. Be I've pre- talked to people. 
I think it'd be pretty cool if uh, he ends up with the, with the Guardians and he got three three dudes from the same family. Mm. Uh, we should find out in a few minutes, by the way, whether or not uh, uh, Josh Naylor, his brother, advances to the final round of All Star voting. Um, I don't know if there's, I don't I I don't know off the top of my head what the the rankings were um, in the American League. But I do know that Vladdy was leading first base. I mean, Jays fans always vote. Vote early, vote often. It's like we do in Hamilton with our city elections. Everybody gets five votes a day. Anyhow, we'll find out in a few minutes who the finalists are and how many of them were Blue Jays. And Mr. Barker will pop open a bottle of champagne if Brandon Belt is the one of the finalists for the DH behind Shohei Otani. I'll let you have that one. Uh, Ryan Spielborgs is a former MLB outfielder. He's host of Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio. Good afternoon, uh, Mr. Spielborgs. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're trying to, I mean, we've, we talked about it, but I want to talk to you about the whole blocking uh, the, uh, blocking the plate thing the, uh, the other night, which just dro- which drove, drove me nuts, as much as I do like Bruce Bochy coming out to argue about stuff. Um, but before that, something Kevin and I talked about a little earlier, this, this whole thing with Wander Franco being benched for two games uh, and, and Kevin Cash saying publicly, frankly, it's because we want him to learn how to handle frustration a little better. Uh, and as my friend Mr. Barker said, that almost makes you think that he must have said something to somebody or done something to somebody. And obviously the Rays thought it was serious enough that they were going to take... They're going to take this action. I'm just wondering, like, benching a guy and being very public about why you're benching the guy, good thing or bad thing? Is it better to do that or just just bench the guy and let your players know that there's a reason he's benched? But if the media asks, just say, well, you know, it's a manager's decision or we just think he needs a couple of days off. How do you come down on this? Well, I, I think it's layered. I, I don't think you can have a blanket statement for it. I mean, there's there's so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know. I have zero information on. I don't know exactly. Just like like you guys are speculating what could have happened. So um, I think in certain cases, I've I've been around athletes that have you know they snap when they're when their team's doing well. It's usually frowned upon. Uh, veteran players will say something. Usually, if it comes to the point where a manager is having to take an action. The players have already got expressed like their concerns, and nothing's helping. So, uh, I, again, like I only know the information based on what we read from Mark Hopkins, and this has to be a pretty unique scenario. Like Wander is the best player in baseball right now, according to uh, wins above replacement for position player on Baseball Reference. So, you know, we're we're not talking about benching like just an average Joe like myself. We're talking about benching arguably one of the best players on the best team in Major League Baseball. And, you know, when, when these things do happen, you know, there's one of two ways that, that can go from a, from a player's standpoint, from Waters' standpoint. He could either kind of fall in line and, and understand, like, I, I do need to clean this stuff up, or he might just do it even more. I mean, depending on his personality. And if that's the case, then you – you have a much bigger issue, especially when you consider the length of the contract for, for Wander. Um, this feels like a last case resort, but again, like I don't, I don't know any of the details behind the scenes. I have no clue uh, what actually initiated this. So, 
you, you kind of have to wait and see and find out exactly what's going on. But to your point, would it have been better to just keep it behind closed doors? I'm sure they they would have preferred it, but it sounds like, or at least it feels like, um, this is beyond closed doors. Billy, I just wonder what his teammates would think about this. They're in first place in the American League East. You know, it's not the easiest division. They're sort of on a roll, but the Orioles are, you know, not too far behind. And you're benching a pretty good player. I understand he's slumping. He's two for his last 20. He's got eight Ks. You know, he hadn't hit a home run since May the 9th. He sort of sounds like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. here in Toronto. But I wonder about the teammate thing. You know, the, a lot of people nowadays make a big deal out of the clubhouse, the teammate, you know, the the – everything that goes on behind closed doors. And when you start to bench your best player out loud, I just, I, I don't know what the benefit of that is really. Cause you get him to do what you want him to do. I mean, last year, this has been a first time deal for him. I mean, last year, uh, he got injured. He comes back that he, he didn't you know, really look at the rehab too seriously. He got hurt again. And he spent this off season trying to dedicate himself to being, much more attention to detail of what he's eating, how he's working out, how he's resting. Just young stuff. I mean, the kid's, what, 22 years of age? Yeah. I was a punk at 22. <laughs> Me so too. I, I think there's there, there's a lot of this where, you know, there's camp is asking him to be more mature than probably what he is at this point in his life. But it's also because it, he's been given a, a massive contract. He is one of the league's best players on one of the best teams in baseball. And, you know, like, it's, it's kind of a, again, like, I don't know anything behind the scenes other than the optics of it. And so if this is a, you know, big brother basically saying, let's, let's go, man. It's time to clean it up. This has been enough. Whether you're late, whether he's missing BP, whether he's not doing the little things that are just starting to add up. And then maybe he is snapping if things aren't going his way. Maybe he threw a helmet and hit a teammate. I, I don't know, but this stuff happens. Um, but but if, if you do get to the point where you're doing a two-day sit-down, you're going to force you to sit and watch, maybe get a, a day to kind of like be upset about it, which would be today, and then tomorrow just kind of watch it through, through a clear lens. And then on Saturday – uh, make your return and and be better for it and, and start to make your your simple improvements. But these things don't happen overnight. No. But my guess is again, Kevin and I have been in clubhouses before. Mm-hmm. It's usually handled by the players first. And if it does come to the point where a manager has to step in, that is usually player driven. Somebody in the leadership of Tampa Bay Rays players probably said it's time that you step in, Kevin Cash. That's, I mean, that's usually how the function of a, of a major clubhouse would work. Yep. Now, the past couple of days, we've seen uh, some, uh, I'm going to say suspect, uh, a couple of suspect calls at home plate, plays at the plate regarding the, you know, the, the uh, catcher having to give the, the base runner a line, a direct line to home plate. It's kind of weird, Ryan, because it, 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 especially, it seems especially with this rule. This is just me speaking anecdotally, but it's like we can go six weeks without talking about this rule. Mm-hmm. Then it seems to happen two or three or four days in a row, and then we go six weeks without talking about it again. Like it, from 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 your point of view, um, you know, because you know now in social media everybody's saying, you know, I mean, well, we got to crack down on this. I mean, I I, I just think at some point you just you got to shrug and go, you know what. It, you're going to get a couple of these outliers a year. And, and that's what it seems to me. They seem to be outliers. Well, and that's the problem is that 
you know, the, the replay officials in New York have not been uh, uniform in their decision making. So, I mean, you'll get you'll get a call like like they had with Texas, and then you'll get a call in the same in the same week with San Francisco, mm-hmm. and they're they're both almost identical. Now, you just have to remember what the what the spirit of the rule was intended to do. Um, this is the Buster Posey slide rule. I grew up in a time where we were allowed to just destroy catchers. If they're in your way, you blow them up. You could even go out of your way to blow them out if they didn't have a baseball. Um, and then it, you almost run the risk of, of knocking out gener- generational talent uh, by, by hitting him when he didn't have the baseball. So that's what started, started this. And essentially, uh, a catcher is in violation if they do not, without the baseball, if they, if they do not have the baseball, if they're not providing a, a direct line to, uh, for a base run to slide. That's, that's the rule. And so once the, once the catcher receives the baseball, he's allowed to block it. So I don't want you to think that you're not allowed to block the plate if you're a catcher. You're totally allowed to, but you have to get the baseball. And prior to that, like, for example, in the case of Jonah Heim, um, the argument and how it was, you know, replayed back to people the next day from, from New York was that he was, Jonah Heim was initially in violation prior to even receiving the ball. So he was, he was almost, you're not allowed to block the plate, whether it's your foot, even if your foot's in front of the plate, that's considered blocking uh, the pass to home plate. So Jonah's foot, you know, even though he was, he was standing right there, it's a technicality, right? It's not mm-hmm. the spirit of the rule, which, which frustrates me. Um, it's a technicality. They're going like to the letter of the law, which is not right. And so that's where you get the shade of gray and then you have, you know, various uh, replay officials will, will see it wrong. It's like a judgment, right? Like it's, it's, the, it's the judgment of that replay of official and how he interprets the law. And so because you have that shade of gray, you're going to have discrepancies. Um, to me, as long as there's some form, because these catchers are, are not impeding the path, in the case of Elvis Andrews, he did have several clear paths to it. And then you have to remind yourself, too, no base runner – is moving out of their path to blow up a catcher anymore. That's just not taught. It's not received well. So none of these plays, even as, as the base runner is going into home plate, none of these players have malintent to blow a catcher up. That's, and that's the opposite of how we were taught. We were taught to blow a catcher up. And that is no longer being taught. It's frowned upon. And so – that's why, again, like this one frustrates me because Elvis Andrews had no intention to even try to, you know, try to dislodge the ball from Jonah Heim. And just like the same thing in San Diego, nobody was trying to dislodge the ball from, um, from, from what is it, Gabby, Gary Sanchez. So they need to figure this one out. They need to clean it up. Um, and that's why it's been frustrating for everybody because nobody knows the exact definition of how this thing should play out. Billy, how about eliminate it? The bases are closer. It's rare that you see it. I mean, you, you just you know said it out loud there, and you still don't understand it. So why don't they just eliminate it? It's easier that way. Uh, I think if you eliminate it, then you go back to you go back to guys will try to try to dislodge the baseball. Yeah, you have to have some some. You have to have some form of protection in there for a catcher. I mean, they're they're essentially defenseless. Uh, it's like a, you know, when a receiver's, you know, a kicking team, uh, there's a punt, it's up in the air, 
and, uh, you know, they have their way of fair catch and they get, they get crushed or they don't do the fair catch call. You, you have to provide some provision in there to protect the catchers, especially when they're defenseless. So uh, I, I wouldn't get rid of the rule, but I would – I just think they have to figure out a way for – especially, I mean, these plays that the, the catchers are making, their athletic plays to go into um, the path of, of the base runner because they're trying to receive a baseball. So I think they, they just have to change the language a little bit to allow um, catchers to be to make an athletic play towards the baseball without getting um, dinged for, for, you know, for blocking the plate. Yeah. Ryan, what's your level of concern right now with, with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Blue Jays? You know, they've had a, they've had a, 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 it's been a tough part of the schedule for them in terms of games and days. They get a little bit of a breather now. Uh, but Vladdy still hasn't hit a home run in Toronto. Some of his underlying numbers, you know, hard hit, balls, et cetera, et cetera, are good, but he still hasn't, he still hasn't hit a home run here. Um, you know, he's not, he's not had a very good month at the plate. What's your level of concern with him? Uh, that's probably like 1%. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's too good. That guy, I bet you he'll put up. I, it's so weird that he does, yeah, I didn't hit a home run in, in Toronto. That's, that's just crazy. But my guess is uh, somebody's going to have to pay at some point. I mean, he's too good. The bat speed's there. The hard hit percentages are there. The uh, expected stats, are, I think, are there as well. Uh, it's also how he's been pitched. And, you know, I think there's been a little extra pressure that Vladdy's put on himself, especially earlier this year when, when Marshall wasn't hitting or when Belt, you know, got hurt and he didn't really have protection behind him. Probably got into a bad habit of trying to do something too much, which which happens when it could be a small function of your, your swing just being off. But, but he's probably gonna he's probably gonna hit twenty homers in August. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna go like, oh yeah, he's fine. So I I mean I my guess is he'll end up how many homers is he at right now? Ten, eleven? He's at nine. Yeah, yes. lots. He'll he'll end up he'll end up at thirty before you even know it. So he he'll be fine. Uh, Ryan, listen, we really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much. You got it, boys. Anytime. Be well. Ryan Spielberg is a former MLB outfielder, host of Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio, um, and. Uh, yeah, we appreciate uh, we appreciate Ryan. Yeah, it's great stuff. Ryan joining us. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting about Vladdy. It's funny when you talk to people around baseball, you get the huh. same answer. Nobody's worried. Uh, yeah, I, I think those are those are people that don't watch every single day. That that that's what I'm going to say to that. Like I, I I'm sort of in that camp. Well, you want to be. You're like me. You want to be in. Fingers that camp. crossed. You want but, to be in that. But but it, it it just blows your mind that a dude that can do things that he can do offensively continues to look like he looks right over. I mean, it's almost, it's an everyday occurrence of how consistently he gets himself out that I just don't understand. And, and as many people that are around him, it's, it's as simple as split the plate and have take one side of it Yeah, to get to extension. I mean, simplify it that much. It's just odd that he can't do it right. The uh, finalists to the all-star ballot have been announced. These are players who move on to phase two. And as expected, there is a ton of Blue Jays represented here. Uh, Shohei Otani was the top vote getter in the American League Mm -hmm. with 2,646,307 votes. 
Not the top the top overall vote getter in baseball, though. That was Ronald Acuna Jr., who got over three million votes. And uh, a, a reminder that Phase Two uh, begins Monday at noon, and and at that point you can vote I think five times a day as as mm. as, as often as you want. Mm-hmm. And what happened in Phase One is the top two vote getters at each position and the top six outfielders advance. And uh, I'm sorry, actually, fans can only vote. Once per 24-hour period on MLB platforms. Pardon me. So vote totals from Phase 1 don't carry over. All-star starters will be revealed on June 29th. Uh, the finalists, and again, these are players who could be voted in, and other players will be named by managers and coaches. The catchers are Adley Rutschman and Jonah Heim. Vladdy Jr. is a finalist at first base, along with Yandy Diaz. Marcus Semyon and Whit Merrifield are the finalists. Josh Young and Matt Chapman are finalists at third base. The shortstop finalists are Bo Bichette and Corey Seager. Bo Bichette bidding to be a first-time starter. The outfield finalists, six of them, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Randy Rosarina, Kevin Kiermaier, Adolis Garcia, and Jordan Alvarez. So again, uh, your chance to vote and put those uh, players on the All-Star game uh, in Seattle. And... um, you know, we've seen this is one of the beauties of uh, being a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. You are the only team in the country. Sure. And you got a lot of people who are going to vote for you. So, uh, you know, just going down this list, and I have fun with this. I love this. I mean, if I'm voting, I, I'd pick Adley Rutschman behind home plate. I'd pick Ran- uh, Yandy Diaz over Vladdy. I'd pick, Mar- pick Marcus over Whit Merrifield. I'd pick uh, Young over Chapman. And I'd pick Bo over Corey Seager. My outfielders would be Judge, uh, Trout, and uh, probably Adolis Garcia of the Rangers. Mm. But uh, it, you know, obviously you can vote the way you want to vote. Absolutely. But that's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier. It'd be f- interesting to see Kevin Kiermaier voted into the All Star game. Bet that didn't happen when he was with Tampa. I think it's a safe, uh, safe bet to say. A reminder, the Jays have tonight off. They start a three-game series against the Oakland Athletics. Sure, Kevin gets a tomorrow. nice little bonus, too, for making the All-Star team. I think guys, too. I used to have a, I have, I used to have a list of everybody's All-Star bonus. Really? Yeah. How you, did you get that? You used to be able to get stuff from the Players Association. I just, I don't the, the mm-hmm. Players Association agents. I don't have the contacts anymore. I probably could if I really wanted to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, guys do get uh, guys do have some bonuses for All Star. I don't know if they're as common as they were. Um, I don't know if they're as common as they were in the past. But I've always found that kind of odd, you know, that it's uh, it's a fan poll and you get bonuses. But it's just another way, right? It's another way that uh, mm, keep you happy. It's another way that agents negotiate contracts yeah. to give players. I'm just looking here. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, George Springer. $50,000 each for Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, All-Star, World Series, MVP. Yeah, so a bunch of guys. Probably probably 50000 is the... Uh, 50000 is 50000 It's good walking around money. Absolutely. Chipotle money? Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. That nobody in this room will buy? Stop it. <laughs> you just happened to do that twice. And the second time I didn't even ask. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. We'll go to it in a few minutes. That is your chance to have questions or comments for Kevin Barker. 
But uh, before we go there, we have another great giveaway for you here on Blair and Barker. We want to send you and a guest to cheer on the Blue Jays this Saturday against the Oakland Athletics. And we're not just going to give you tickets. We want to send you to the brand new Rogers Landing. And here you can enjoy incredible views and stellar home run catching territory, courtesy of Rogers Moments. Who knows, maybe Vladdy will hit a home run there. To enter for a chance to win these tickets, text today's code word MOMENTS to 59590. Again, that's MOMENTS to 59590. The winner will be selected tomorrow. And if you don't win with us, Rogers is giving you the chance to win tickets to the Rogers Landing all season long. Head to rogers.com slash rogerslanding to enter. What's funny, Bafo? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure that I read it right. All right. Word for word. You never know. I like looking in there and seeing everybody laughing. You know, it's a little I mean, disconcerting. We, we, we don't need the Vladdy comment every every time you talk about a home run at home. Like we, 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 everybody knows he ain't hit a home run at home. But Vladdy no, comment. Stop, I just said that there's a chance it that maybe you stop can Stop bringing it. it up. Like, we know. Hmm. Don't be that guy. I'm not. I'm it's just not like he's that. not trying. Well, now he's trying too hard. Yeah. Hmm? I don't know. Maybe. What? I, it's just, it's it's odd. I, even Ryan Spielberg said, I don't know what's going on about that. I keep thinking that I've said, hey, maybe the hot weather is what does it. Maybe the hot weather, you the roof so? open, the balls start flying. Because it's warmer out, he'll stop swinging at the ball in off the plate. That's I why. Don't, I, well, so that's a, no, sure it's that's just, a, I don't know if that, I, I guess the question I'd ask you is, do you remember many balls hit by Vladdy where you've gone, oh, that one's gone? Not a one. Oh. And, and I'm, not like, me. I'm not, I'm just all kidding aside. Uh, we've been to a lot of games at the Rogers Center this year. I'm trying to remember how many, like, I'll tell you what, I've seen Chapman hit balls where I've gone, hey, that's gone. And then I go, oh, geez. There's been a couple from Chapman. Well, I don't know, I I don't know too many off the bat that. of Vladdy where no, I thought no. that's got a chance. That's got a chance. Mm-mm. Just saying. But maybe, again, maybe that with the hot weather, the ball flies fine. Four one six four one three three nine five nine is the back leg line. Give us a call, comments, questions for Kevin Barker, jokes, suggestions, trade rumors. We'll do trade rumors. Absolutely. Whatever you want. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan Sportsnet three sixty. Sportsnet and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, a reminder that if you are listening to us via podcast, please uh, leave a rating and a review. Because I do know that a lot of you listen to uh, listen to us on podcast, and that's um, why endeavor we endeavor to try to keep things a little forward looking. We appreciate it. Oh, we do. <clears throat> we appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Four one six four one three three nine five nine is the back leg line. Uh, again, we have uh, it's a it's a wonderful idea that I came up with. That uh, 
allows you to leave voicemail messages for uh, for Mr. Barker. It's amazing uh, you have friends. It, well, it really is, it is. amazing. And, huh? uh, you know, we have a full-time staff. As a matter of fact, I'd just like to, uh, we've just hired, we've just hired uh, four new interns to, uh, to run the phone line. So Mandy, Jacob, Jonathan, and uh, Ezekiel, thank you so much for, uh, it's great to have you on board. And um, I know there are going to be some long nights, but I uh, just want to thank, thank, thank the kids for, for coming through for us and manning the phone line, 416-413-395. I have no idea. I just have no idea. I, I, you know, I went full Ricky Gervais there. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. But anyhow. You want to say something, Buffalo? Oh, I was just going to say you're you're a little you're a little bit on one today, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> today, uh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, uh, the pitching matchups: James Caprellian for the A's, Chris Bassett. Hey, this is a former team. On Friday, Hogan Harris against Jose Barrios, Luis just Medina. Huh? Just win. Luis no, Medina against you. Say you used to play for the A's. No, it's all about nobody, winning series yeah, right cares. now. All about winning series right now. Four one six four one three three nine five nine. I've given out that number a lot. Let's go to the line. And we've got a little technical issue here. We're a little concerned. It appears as if our yeah. mic buttons may have been stuck on. So oh, we yeah. didn't that's like the only time that Weird. we've said nothing during a break. Not a thing. Not a thing. We just looked at each other and went, like, Hey, I thought about going in that room. Yeah. Anyhow, Justin and Barry. I think Schneider isn't strong-willed enough to move the um, lineup around. What I think it should be is shutting off Guerrero. And honestly, I think we should throw Biggio up there to give him some more confidence. He hit pretty well. But I don't think Springer or any of the UFAs this year or some of the older guys are worthy of being in those top three spots. Uh, I just want to get your uh, thoughts on that. Thanks, guys. Uh, you lost me at Biggio. Like. Yeah, I, I'm the only one in Canada that takes up for Gavin Biggio, and obviously Justin, because there's two of us. I am the only one that's ever taken up for Kevin Biggio. Not even me. This guy can say, put him at the top of the order. Not, not a chance. Like, and I, I just don't know what people want John Snyder to do. Can you explain that to me? He's doing everything he can possibly do with that order. To get the, the guy, the one guy going that yeah. they're trying to get go. There's That's only the one only thing. The only reason he's moving it around. There's only is one to thing try he has to get done. that dude that plays first to hit a baseball hard somewhere <laughs> harder in the air. I mean, there's only one thing. There's way. really only one thing he hasn't done, and that's you know something dramatic like move Vladdy into the leadoff spot uh, and and hit and hit Bichette Joe in the Madden cleanup said spot that once on this show. Well, no, but put it, him in the leadoff spot. But and, and I thought. When Joe said that, I've known managers who have done that to get a guy going. You're first guy up there. You're going to get a first pitch yeah, fastball. That's not what I thought. It's it. <laughs> it is. It does. It does reek of. It does reek of panic. Uh, I I'm with you. You can't. You can't disguise or hide the fact that Vladdy isn't hitting. You can't. You can hide that Dalton Varsho isn't hitting. Mm-hmm. You can hide maybe that George Springer isn't hitting. You can hide maybe. No, you can't hide that Bo isn't hitting if that, if that were the case because Bo is, I'll just say this, Bo is the best player in the team and the best hitter in the team. But you can't hide that Vladdy isn't hitting. I mean, you just They're can't. trying. 
I mean, that's why that's why they move around bow and to also, the three hole to put dudes in the two also, hole like they're trying. You also make a point that everybody's a good teammate and everybody wants to win, but there is this aspect of hang on for a minute. I'm doing my part. Not my fault. You stink. It's not my fault. You stink. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There has to be a little let. And I'm if, if I'm Bo, like if I'm Bo, I'm, I might be going just a little time out here. Yeah. Remember what I did in the two hole? I'm almost afraid to take this next call. No name. We haven't heard from him <laughs> on Blue Jays talk for a while. <laughs> the last time we did hear from him. I think he was the guy that said, you don't know your from your about uh, baseball. Right. And he's this this says this is what he said. Long call, never used the back leg line before. <laughs> All right. Put Billy and Markham on the air. Always wanted to try this uh this system uh, opposed to the other one. So uh let's give it a go here. Guys, last year I told you that we could run down the New York Yankees. We came close. We got close enough, but we didn't quite do it. But guys, we can't keep going back to the divisions over uh, halfway through the season. This division is not over. Tampa is not a lock. And with the Jays' easy schedule coming up, now not easy. I mean, every, you know, every game is a battle, but an easier schedule coming up. There's no reason why the Jays can't knock knock this lead down to five games by the all-star break and then go at him in the second half. Not by any stretch of the imagination is this, is this division over, not even close. Uh, I, I'm going to have to let you go, but I got to say, I like this system better because uh, here comes some practice flying by me. Uh, I, I like this system better because I finally get through uh, my call right to the uh, very end. Thanks for doing it this way, and I'll talk to you guys later. You know who's, uh, you know I who got he's lo- talking to, I right? love, I love. Yeah. Billy, you can come back and Blue Jays talk anytime. You know who he's talking I to, I right? know who he's talking to. Well, Billy, gets get me, well, he gets me, Billy, Billy gets me pissed off. That's good. That's why Billy's great radio. I mean, he is. The whole idea is to get the host upset or to make the host not even happy. The whole idea is to get the host upset. That's great. This is my favorite. You know, Clifton does it in a different way, yeah. right? Clifton gets you charged up because Clifton's always Clifton's always funny and he's always got a unique take take on things. And I also know Clifton backs up his opinions with ka-ching, money. ka-ching, with money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I love Billy. I love having Billy on. Uh, Billy the Optimist. Uh, you know, I I wish I'd known I was going to be asked that question because now I'm trying to look at the I'm trying to look at the race schedule and see whose schedule is actually easy. Uh, but I don't. I mean, I, I I I just I don't think it's the point. Here's the point, Billy. Maybe they can get it down to five games. Uh, although I, I I doubt that. Uh, the the thing that bothers me about well, the thing we need to keep in mind about this schedule is just the fact that you don't have as many head-to-head games against the teams ahead of you as you've had in the past. And I don't... I was kind of okay with the new scheduling format, the more balanced schedule. I like seeing different teams. Mm-hmm. But, man, this is a year where I really, really, really would love to see more games against the AL East because I think it would... I just think it would be it would be riveting to see more games against those teams. I just find it hard to 
You know, June, who have they played in the American League East in June? They've played... Orioles for three. No, in June, they've played... They played... Orioles for three. It's what I just said. I'm sorry. I'm looking at... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the Rays. I'm oh. going to use the Rays as an example. The Rays have played the Red Sox three times. They've played the Orioles twice. They'll have done that in June. The rest of the time, they're playing Central and East teams. After the All-Star break... Yeah, after the All-Star break, they've got four against the Orioles. They've got... One, two, three against the Yankees in August. Then it's Detroit, St. Louis, Cleveland, San Francisco, L.A. The Rays, the Rays in June, July, and August are going to have played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. June, July, August, they're going to have played 15 games against AL East teams. That's stupid. Mm. Like, this is what I don't like. This is what I mean. It's what I don't like about the schedule. And if you're the Rays, you're happy. Because those are f- the, the opportunities for teams to catch you are few and far between. You know, and Billy, I'm looking at their schedule. They've got uh, Baltimore, Kansas City, Arizona, Seattle. Arizona's going to be tough. Philly, Atlanta, KC, Texas. I mean, they've got some tough games, but... The fact of the matter is, if you're the Rays, you've got that nice, comfy lead, and you're not playing guys, teams head to head for 15 games. Let me ask you a question. Or for anything any, other any, than 15 they, games. They'd have to go 12 and 3, 13 and 2 in the next 15 games for the All Star break, the Blue Jays. You think they're capable of no. doing that right now today? No. Honestly, hold no. your right hand up and say, I believe. 13 it. and 2? 13 and 2 or 12 and 3. <laughs> Who are they playing? Three, three against Oakland, three against San Fran, three against Red Sox. Those nine are at home. They finish the next six on the road before the break. Three against the White Sox, three against Detroit. I mean, that 12 is, and three, 13 and two. That is a lot of the times they beat themselves. That, that is not the other team beating easy. I hate them. I see it. That is a that 12 is and an three, easy schedule. 12 and three, 13 and two is what they'd have to do to, to split that whatever it is in half and get it down to five before the break. Can I say this? This is a real. Can I see what they do against Oakland? If they're three and zero against Oakland, if they sweep the Athletics, no, then yeah, they can that. do it. No, you can't see that. I can't. No. Okay. I need you to answer the question right now as we speak. I'll say no then. It's hard. Twelve and three, thirteen and two is hard with the way you've seen them play and the way the dude that's hitting cleanup hasn't been hitting. Like, it's not, maybe it's not fair for us to continue to say his name, but. That's just the way. That's just the way it is, bud. Yeah, Matthew and Alberta. Matthew. In other sports, when people don't do well, they get benched. Yeah. Why isn't Vladdy sitting on the pine for three games Who would and play? adjusting himself to be a better player? Uh, that's my question. Thank you very much, and have a great day, guys. Yeah, I mean that's a solid question, but I I'm only I think you bench I. I don't think you bench players for underperformance. I think you bench players because effort. they've done something effort-related. Now there were, I, I have to say, there have been a couple. There were a couple of times in that this last road trip, and I didn't want to say anything about this because that's, that's piling you're on. Getting, you're getting soft. Uh, no, I was going to say there were a couple of times where I thought I thought there were a couple of times where I thought Vladdy didn't bust it all the way down to first base. Yeah, he never does. A couple I mean, of times. even when he's sitting in 2021 when he was raking and. I just noticed it. MVP. It's a different. It's a different look when you're raking, and 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 another look when you you know your your life and death to hit a home run. But no, I'm not. Uh, 
I'm not a fan. I don't think you bench guys because they're underperforming. Uh, I don't know if I want Vladdy in the cage three days in a row. And Barker's point is right. Who are you going to replace him with? Because it's not. It, you're in fourth place. You're in four, and and it's not as if it's not as if he's the been Rays horrible. Can do what they did because they're also, in first place. It's not as if you're horrible. He's horrible, and he's also decent defensively. Well, like been, I just, I he don't. Hasn't been good. He's hitting two thirty five in his last right, thirty. But again, he's had fifteen RBIs. He's had two home but runs. Kevin, in his last that's 30 not games. Two that that do you bench runs? Do you bench a guy because of that? Uh, well, no. I'd give him thirty two hours to go hit off a tee, though. That's not benching. I definitely wouldn't bench a guy. I'm sure they've tried everything. Benching's a strong word. You bench people if you punch a teammate in the face, or you, you know. Yeah. You you do whatever you do to a coach, or you don't run a ball out after you've lost eight in a row to first base, and it's obvious, and you're getting booed. You do it to send a message to your team that again, this is what I said. You bring back that thing with Rick Sweet and Bo Bichette last year. And the year. other thing, if they see me do it to you, I'll do it. He, they know I'll do it to anybody. The other thing about comparing, but that's not Vladdy's deal. The other thing about comparing it to other sports is Vladdy's is a pro. Uh, the other thing about comparing it to other sports is it's it's the same thing. Uh, it, it's one thing to miss a shift. It, it's one thing to be benched in the third period of a hockey game. Generally, that that's because of it's not just performance related. It's because the effort isn't there, or it's for or it's for frankly st- strategic reasons. <clears throat> you know, coach likes what he's seen from other players better than what those players are giving him. Yeah, and he goes. But there ain't nobody in this team that does. I I'll just ask you who would play instead of Laddie. Who, Brandon, Brandon who, Bell. who deserves to play instead of all-star Vladdy? Brandon Bell. He's not an all-star. Not one of the finals. But who, so it's, it's completely different. And I know people always say that you guys always say baseball is different than other sports. It is different than other sports. It's not thousand percent. It's not try harder. Try harder doesn't change no. what I can hit or just what I can't you, hit. Just because you yell and scream at me and bench me doesn't make my approach better. It's just not gonna. Yeah, Bruce and Penetang Machine, Ontario. You're in the. Uh, you're on the the back leg line. I have a question that. Let's hear. It. You know, I listen to you guys every day. Thank you. Thank nobody you. Nobody can answer. The Jays have so much talent. It's scary. That's uh, yeah, true. But why are they scuffling like they are? Is it the positions oh, that the batters are put so in? Bad. Is it? Don't the manager, which <laughs> I don't think it is. Oh, there you go. Is it the players trying too hard, or is it just I don't know what it is? But it makes me crazy. I love this team, but they they're hard to watch, boys. Yeah. Uh, give me an answer, please. That's a, that's um, a... I need to know. Okay. They're making me crazy. Mm. Thank you. Love the show. Thank Bye-bye. you. It's nice to see you. Uh, I'm going to say this. I think at the beginning of the season, hitting Dalton Varsho clean up, and I was the first person because I've tried to do it. It's impossible. It's very hard to follow really good established big leaguers who know their thing and think you're going to come to a new team and carry the load and drive them three dudes in. That's an organization's fault for putting him in the cleanup spot to start the season. So I throw a little blame there. And you can just look at the numbers early in the season when it came around with runners in scoring position. He was atrocious at it. That's not his fault. I mean, he's trying to reinvent the lower half of his swing 
to do that. And, oh, by the way, don't forget, you got to hit a fastball a long way with a dude standing on second base. Don't forget that. Uh, you remember? You remember how to do that? And we want you to do that a lot, hitting cleanup. It's called cleanup for a reason. So I think that, for me, is a lot of the reason. And, again, man, I, I hate to keep saying this because I, I do. I will say this, too. I think sometimes huh, I think hit to his point, the caller's point, about trying too hard, it's very hard not to try. When you stink at something that you have been really good at and get paid a lot of money doing, and you've tried everything, what's the one thing you want to do, Jeff? Try harder. Try. It's not take a little off, don't overswing, let the ball travel. Nobody does that. Like that. They, I, I know it's good for a coach to walk by and go, hey, dude, stop trying so hard. <laughs> it's the... The only way you stop trying hard is what you do off the field starts to translate on the field with success. You know, all the swings that I take off the tee and that iron mic and all the hitting coaches, the 15 of them that are in the cage with me, soft tossing, and I'm annihilating baseballs to the back of that cage. I need to have that translate and normally in my first at bat. You see... Matt Chapman's face until the last couple of days after his first at bat when he gets out, he is done the rest of the game. That's how it starts to translate. Vladdy's the same way. And then to get you not to try as hard, they need to start seeing a little bit of success. And so I think it's accumulation of a bunch of things. Long-winded. No, I, I think the caller's point, and I, I've made this, I just don't think this team's as talented as we thought it was. Period. I yeah, don't, I, 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 I think, don't agree with that. I, uh, I don't. I don't think we could. I don't think we could have counted on the Orioles getting off to the start that they've got. Uh, yeah, we could. No, we can't. The yes, second place in the American League. Come on. Yes, we could. Not even you could raise your hand and say that. I know no, it's easy to say that now. No, it's they're in a, second place. Why? They've got. They've, you, got, they've got. They've got. Coming they, in with what the Yankees they've got did a great, yeah. with their pitching staff. Come on, Jeff. They've got a great bullpen. Yeah, they found. They found starting pitchers, and they've got great. They've got great young players. They've got a good lineup. Yeah, I mean that. You can't be. Do you think the Rays was going to get off to the start they got off to? Offensively, absolutely not. No, but I still... that didn't help. But I'm not tremendously surprised that the Orioles are ahead of the Blue Jays right now. I'm not that surprised. The Orioles have a good team. The Orioles had a good team. As I said, I thought coming out of spring training, this lineup looked wrong, looked incomplete. Mm. I'm sorry, Brandon Belt is not a cleanup hitter on a team that's going to win the AL East or go to the World Series. Well... Neither of them are. Good. I, I mean, they're just not. That it, it's a lineup that needs another bat, and I think maybe we should have baked in the possibility that Alec Manoa would have would not have the same now not fall off the face of the earth the way he has, but I think we should have maybe expected a little bit of regression on the part of Alec on the part of Alec Manoa. Not like this. Um, but yeah, I. You know, I look at this team, and I I think they kind of are what they are. Uh, Whit Merrifield's playing; he's better than I thought he'd be. Mm. Kevin Kiermeyer, better than mm. I thought he'd be. Dalton Varshow's kind of what I thought he'd be. Matt Chapman had a better month than I thought he had. He's Matt Chapman again. Danny Jansen, he's Danny Jansen. Mm. Uh, 
With the rotation the way it is, even without Alec Manoa, it's pretty good. With the way the bullpen is in the regular season, it's really good. I mean, their closer is one of the best in baseball in the regular season. So you like those two parts of it. That's I, how you win a bunch of games in the regular season. I keep saying their defense that, but, is good enough most of the time. It comes around to if one guy playing first base was being what we thought he should be, then I think offensively, yeah. the conversation that you just had there for a minute, you wouldn't be having. No. It's but really I, one guy. I, I also, I mean, we hate to, I hate to say it that way. I, I do, and I also a think lot on his shoulders. The, the starting pitching has been better than we thought it would be. But I, well, Brios, definitely. You say definitely. Again, I, I yeah. don't think this lineup is. Uh, I, I think this lineup has this lineup has some issues. I, I don't think it's. Looks like they were banking on the big boys being the big boys would hide what they don't have. Yeah. I think that's what they were you know, banking they, on, and it just didn't work out. They banked wrong, and, right, and I go. think I think like everything else, the players you don't get in the offseason, that tells you what team what the team was thinking about themselves. It tells you what they were aiming for. Do we have time to squeeze Mike from Kitchener in? Squeeze. Absolutely. Go ahead, Mike. When is the time that we got to look at Ross Atkins for this? He's totally dismantled this team. We have nothing left in the minors anymore. When is he going to be held accountable? Thanks a lot, guys. Mm. I mean, they, you know, the, the Aurelis Martinez has actually had a pretty good month in the minors. He'll be held accountable at the end of the year if they don't go to the if they if they don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got length in his contract. I don't think that necessarily matters to this management or ownership group. He'll be held accountable if they don't. Uh, it, well, definitely if they don't go to the playoffs. Um, and I don't know what happens if they lose the first round of the playoffs. I think I hate to say it. Sounds silly, but I think it depends on the way they lose it. But yeah, I, I think he's squarely. I we we've said this. I mean, other people have said it. We're not the only ones, but there are jobs in the line if this team doesn't go to the postseason Absolutely. this year. I Absolutely. can't put it any other way. It's been a lot. And of it's money. not Mark Shapiro's job. No. It's not Mark Shapiro's job that's on the line. No, there are jobs in the line, and quite frankly, quite frankly, it there should be. should be jobs on the line if this team doesn't go to the playoffs. Oh boy, boy. <laughs> boy. Why? What's going on in there today? Like, you guys, there's, uh, there's something going on. Yeah. They're doing it because you can't push the button to what? talk to them. That's that's why they're doing it. Oh, that's yeah, right. You, well, you, like, you like pushing the button and yelling and, you know, you like it. I don't. I don't so you can't do it. Now they're, I don't, I don't see, yell at them. this is the way they act. It's like they, they've, they're, yeah. It's like they've taken control of things. Mm. Literally, our career is in their hands. Uh. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> that's a, Look at them. Our careers in their hands. Look at that. Uh, I hope the Jays sweep the A's. They're going to. I hope so. They're sweeping the A's and Vladdy's hitting a home run. I can feel it. I, I can hope feel so. it. I, ho- I hope so. I'm I, buoyant. I know for a buoyant. fact he's been working really hard. I'm buoyant. So I, I hope so. Oh, everybody it, works. No, well, he needs a break. Like, he needs a mental break, and the only way he's going to get it is to catch it out front with extension and it go in the second deck. That, that's the only way he's going to get it. So fingers crossed he gets it. Yeah. You roll your eyes at the hard work thing. They did. I don't roll my eyes you at did. the you hard work it. thing. You just did it. I mean, it's not I lack of it. effort. So hopefully he gets a better pitch I than I it. just, I accept, I, I accept hard work. I accept <clears throat> that there's no lack of effort. It drives me nuts when I hear athletes or coaches say they're trying hard. Good. You're paid that much money. You should be trying hard. I don't want to hear that you're trying hard. I accept that. That's the least of my expectations for you. Mm. So anytime I hear somebody say, well, mm. they're playing hard and there's no quit. That's 
Yeah, I've never. That's said, the low bar. That. That's the baseline. I, the baseline. I, I think to my what I was trying to my point was is he's tried everything. When you try everything, now only things left is you catch it out front with extension. You hold it. You, everybody takes his pitcher because they haven't taken his pitcher in a while. That's what you do. Take your pitcher in batting practice. We saw it. That little alligator thing where his barrel's ending up below his belt. Hmm. Get it out front with extension. Extend above your head. Hold it. It'll end up in the second deck, and you can run around and pointing at the bullpen. I did it. All right. Coach. We got to run. We have no control over the microphones, but we, we have to run. Or you would have turned me off. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow from 5 to 7 Eastern. John Schneider joins us. Uh, have yourself a great night.